0: I'm known in our class uh, to my students uh, who is a professor who gives uh, quizzes twice in every class during the uh, before the lecture and after the lecture. So today I'll give you a short quiz. Is that okay? Uh, Don't worry, I will not grade you, but God will. Uh, Can we we check out the first line? So this uh, list down the top three things you love to do. Hey, don't worry, I will not grade you. And uh, I'm the first who, who took this quiz. So the Lord has uh, ministered to me first before you. And so I'm just passing this out to you. So write down top three things you love to do. All of us, I'm sure, we love to do something. That's just list down three things that you love to do. So if we're going to do something today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life, because it's important to you and it's your passion, you love to do this, uh, write them down or just think of three things. Next, please. Uh, think of three things you love to do. So you may fill in these blanks. I love to number one, and then I love to number two, and then I love to number three. So we'll have one hour to finish this exam per item. So that will be three hours. Okay, so you have your three things, three top things you love to do in your mind, written down, or maybe you are reflecting on it. Okay, so can you see the next slide? So of the three things you have listed, how many are related to number one, yourself? Okay, so of all the things that you love to do or you've listed, you've thought of, how many of those are related to yourself? Maybe you love eating, you love exercising, building your body. Okay, so these are all related to yourself. Second, how many are related to other people? Maybe you like to teach, you like to help other people, you like to serve other people. Okay, so and then, third of the three things, how many are related to God and His kingdom? Uh, how many are related to God and His kingdom? So, more or less, uh, this is a good evaluation. This is a good uh, tool to check our priorities, uh, to check what or who we love the most. Okay? So, before we continue, shall we pause for a prayer? Let's pray and just commit this time to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word and that we can trust You and Your Word. Thank You because we can always anchor our lives, our present and our future on Your Word. Thank You, Lord, because You have revealed yourself. You have revealed your desire. You have revealed your heart to all of us through your Word. And we can know you, and we can understand you, and we can understand your heart. And so Lord, help us through your Holy Spirit as we study, as we reflect, as we listen, as we meditate on your words this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you enable us Not only to be able to understand, but to apply Your Word in our lives. And may Your Word give life, give meaning, give joy, give peace, inspire, teach, and perhaps for most of us, rebuke, change us, not for our own sake, but for Your glory alone. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So last Sunday I have alluded to the three signs. Actually, there are four, but uh, as a review, there are three signs that we will know whether we are real or fake Christians. So the first sign we have uh, studied this on uh, two two Sundays ago. Authentic Christians have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. So this is what uh, Bible. Uh, commentators theologians would say that it is the theological sign if you have a real an authentic a growing a maturing uh, a life a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ the second is that authentic Christians love God and not the world and because you love God you obey him Uh, so that's the what they call as the moral sign So, you know that you are a true Christian because you love God and you obey Him and His commands. Now, the third sign would be our lesson for today and that is that authentic Christians love one another. Authentic Christians love one another and this is what theologians would call the social sign. The social sign. There's another sign which uh, we will hopefully be able to understand as we go on. But if not, I'm sure if you come here next Sunday, I will be happy and glad to explain in detail and learn with you in detail uh, that fourth sign. But for today, let's talk about love. Perhaps one of the words that has been, because it's commonly used, Commonly seen in TV and movies or read, uh, it had the meaning or, or the context or, or the real essence may be we have forgotten or we may not have understood really. And so what is love? And so let me share with you some love songs that you don't want to hear during a wedding. Two days ago, I officiated and solemnized a wedding. And so, as I was uh, listening to the musicians, as I was reflecting also uh, on, on the, this, this particular passage that I'll be preaching today, this came to my mind. The love songs you don't want to hear during a wedding. Number one, you don't want to hear the groom singing this to the bride. As she enters and walks the aisle to all the girls I loved before. I hope you will not hear this when you're the bride as you walk along that aisle. Second is, My Heart Will Go On. Uh, This is a song about a lady who lost uh, his lover on the night, her lover on the night that the Titanic sank. Right. So, My Heart Will Go On says, Uh, It's about death actually. So you don't want to sing about this during your wedding. The third is also about death. Tears in heaven is losing a loved one. And so you don't want that to be heard. And then fourth, I will survive. I will survive. Uh, Of course, uh, marriage life is challenging. It's full of trials uh, and difficulties. And you don't want to sing this as if uh, you really need to survive. Number five, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. This is a song by U2 and I hope you will not hear this being sung by your groom saying he still haven't found what he's looking for. And then another would be uh, a new uh, rap song by Drake entitled Fake Love. Fake Love, you don't want that to be sung in your wedding. And then last but not the least, the song, You Don't Love Me Anymore, by Weird Al I used to like this song when I was a teenager. That the song goes like this. We've been together for so very long, but now things are changing. Oh, I wonder what's wrong. Seems you don't want me around. The passion is gone, and the flames died down. You used to think I was nice. Now you tell all your friends that I'm the Antichrist. Oh, why did you... Disconnect the brakes in my car. That kind of thing is hard to ignore. Got a funny feeling, you don't love me anymore. I knew that we were having problems when you put those piranhas in my bathtub again. You're still the light of my life. Oh darling, I'm begging, won't you put down that knife? You know, I even think it's kind of cute that way. You poison my coffee, maybe with Dora Rat Killer. Just a little each day, I still remember the way that you laughed when you pushed me down that elevator shaft. Oh, if you don't mind me asking, what's this poisonous cobra doing in my underwear drawer? Sometime I get to thinking you don't love me anymore. And the last few lines, you slammed my face down on the barbecue grill. Now my scars are healing, but my heart never will. You set my house on fire. You pulled out my chest hairs with an old pair of pliers. Oh, you think that I'm ugly and you say that I'm cheap. You shaved off my eyebrows while I was asleep. You drilled a hole in my head. Then you dumped me in a drainage ditch and left me for dead. Oh, you know that this really isn't like you at all. You never acted this way before. Honey, something tells me you don't love me anymore. Oh, no, no, no got a funny feeling you don't love me anymore. So I hope this won't be the picture of how you would define and experience love, especially from the person whom you have promised that you will love and whom you will receive that kind of love for eternity. (laughs) And so, This is the the major theme for our study for this morning, that authentic Christians love one another with God's love. We will look at God's love so that we will understand how we are to apply and how we are to love one another. God's love must be our standard. God's love, how He loves us and how He loves the world, should be and must be that kind of standard on how we also are going to love others. And so authentic Christians love one another with God's love. So let's look at God's love and for, uh, for this time, I'll just enumerate to you some of the characters of that kind of love. Of course, God's love is perfect. Uh, a while ago, we sang about it in Ephesians chapter. Three, the Apostle Paul uh, thought about, uh, talked about, written about this kind of love that is uh, uh, hard to understand and comprehend with its depth, with its length, with its height, with its breadth, and uh, the, the inability of our human understanding to really grasp that that kind of love. But in our passage today, we'll be looking at several characteristics of God's love where we can also use. As we love one another so here here they go surprisingly strange surely authentic sacrificial simply unconditional and strongly transformative so I just placed there some of the SS so that it will be easy for us to understand surprisingly strange surely authentic sacrificial simply unconditional strongly transformative so as we go along hopefully I'm not sure if i am be able to unpack everything and and finish everything uh, with the the, the time today. So I hope that you would continue to reflect on these two chapters in 1st John, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Reflect on it, read on it, and meditate on it even after the message and this Sunday service today. And so... Let's go through First John chapter 3, starting verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. Uh, in, in other translations, I like the, the other translations in the New King James Version that, 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 that writes, Behold. You know, the word behold means to see, to appreciate. Uh, if you study closely how the Apostle John wrote this, it's a command. It's a command to see, to look at, to to. to Uh, examine, to behold, to appreciate, to lift up what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. The word manner here means a strange kind of love. Uh, It's a different kind of love. What manner? It's like an out-of-this-world kind of love. It's so great that we cannot explain it and we cannot understand it. And so it's amazingly, it's incredibly, it's surprisingly strange. It's different. It's not the kind of love that you see in the movies, in the TV, or you read in the pocketbooks, in the Hollywood. No, it's, it's a different kind of love. It's an out-of-this-world kind of love. The Apostle Paul will even say, this kind of love is so different that what can separate us from that kind of love, Neither, no, no there's no height nor depth, no, nor, nor life, nor death. no It's a different kind of love. It's an amazingly, it's a surprisingly strange kind of love. Therefore, that we would be called children. Of God and such we are and so this kind of love is strange and different from the usual love that we see feel or experience or give out because this kind of love is transformative can you say the word transformative it transforms it has the power to transform our thoughts our perspective our words our deeds our actions and is the power to change our status from enemies of God to children of God. It can transform our future from our, our destiny, our destination from hell or the lake of fire to heaven. And with Him, with His glory. And so, this love is transformative. It is the power to change. It is the power to transform. It is the power to change our status And now we're called children of God. And so that's the kind of love that our Father has bestowed, has given, has shown to us. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. So it is strange. It's it's a different kind of love. We've never seen this kind of love before. Look at Jesus. Why is He spending time with He's with the sinners. Why is, why is he spending time with, with prostitutes and tax collectors and cheaters and, 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 and those that are, 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 are obviously sinners while rebuking those who are, well, religious during his time. It's a different kind of love. Why would he spend time and, and spend meals and and, and and walk with them and, and heal them and, and spend time with, with those with those with, uh, leprosy and also those who are blind, those who are outcasts from the time. It's an amazing kind of love. It's strange love. And so, therefore... They did not understand this kind of love. And if we manifest this kind of love, maybe the world may not also understand. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, the second coming of Christ, we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is and everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies himself just as He is pure. This kind of love, is transformative i remember a story of a seaman who was engaged after his his assignment uh, nine months in uh, traveling uh, in the ship so after nine months he will be returning and then uh, he will uh, he will uh, be married to his uh, longtime fiance and so during their time of uh, travel in the ship uh, his friends who are according to him most are womanizers uh, they're married and and every time they would dock on a particular uh, land they would look for uh, women that they can pay to have sex and intercourse with and so they would invite him to go along with them and because this seaman this this man has has, has known christ and has believed in Christ, and he has pledged his loyalty and his love to his fiance, knowing that in the future, they will be united as one. Every time he would be invited, every time that he would be uh, uh, encouraged to, to do these things, he would say no. Why? Because he wants to purify. He decided to purify himself. Knowing, believing that what he does today will have a bearing in the future. One of the contexts of uh, 1 John is during this time, there are false prophets who are telling the Christians who are scattered, they're vulnerable, they're fragile, they're being persecuted, uh, they're, they're, they're vulnerable to, to false uh, teachings. They're they're saying to them, this Antichrist, these false prophets, they're telling them that because you are saved already, you you are assured of salvation, then it's okay for you to sin. Remember, you're saved already. So if you're saved already, then it is now good. It's okay for you to sin. And this is what the Apostle John is actually opposing. That once Remember the Apostle Paul also wrote about this. In line, in view of God's mercy, we are saved. We are given an eternal life, a new life. Does it give us the freedom to continue to sin? Also, that's a picture of a person who purifies himself because he knows that what he does today has a bearing, has a consequence, has a blessing in the future. And so as we continue, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. This is where I started to have difficulty in understanding this portion of the letter of John. You know, last night, yesterday afternoon, I, uh, I operated on Brother Ben for almost six hours. But I've been struggling with this portion of the scripture for six days. Six days. And so I need to study, I need to read, I need to, to listen, I need to really meditate and pray. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. It could mean any sin, but in this particular context, in order for us to best understand, Apostle John is talking here about the sin of hating. One another, The sin of not loving one another. He's not talking about the, the law of Moses, uh, the, the other laws that they have. But he's, he's talking here of something that a Christian must not do. Or maybe uh, a real uh, fake Christian may be doing. And so this is the sin of not loving one another so with that in mind let's proceed you know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin no one who abides in him sins. no one who sins has seen him or knows him saying that if you have a relationship with christ then it's just natural for us to love one another. And then he goes here and expands this and expands this further. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. From the beginning, meaning from the start. from Maybe from Genesis chapter 3. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin, because his sin... His seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So if you're careful to study this, maybe you may misread or misinterpret that a Christian cannot sin or does not sin. Remember, John talked about as Christians, we can still sin. That's why we have confession. That's why we have Jesus as our advocate. That's the propitiation for our sins. So we can still sin, but what he means here, when, when he says, as we go back to verse 9, that we cannot sin, it means that we, supposed to be, cannot love one another. So if you're a Christian and you have received that love of God, it must be that you will not have an excuse not to love one another uh, the context here is loving one another so if you don't love one another by the way when the apostle john says love one another he's talking here of a love between brothers and sisters it's a it's a uh, christian love one another Of course, the Bible tells us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we can extend that love to to others, even the pre-Christians, even the non-believers yet. But here, the context is we are to love our brothers and sisters in the church, in the community, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is the context of this. And the key to understand this is in verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are of views. Remember, uh, John, his, one of his styles is contrasts. He would give contrasts between two things, uh, like for example, light and darkness, uh, love and hatred, uh, children of God and children of the devil. And so, anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his Brother. So he's talking here of that sin, that lawlessness, of that unrighteousness of not loving a brother Christian or a sister Christian. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning. Maybe from the start, Jesus already told them about loving one another. And he would emphasize this on, his, on their last supper. In John chapter 13 and also in John chapter 15 after washing the feet of the disciples and after giving them a story about the vine and the branches uh, uh, he would talk about a new command a new commandment I give to you love one another just as I have loved you and the people will know the world will know that you are my disciples you are my followers if you love one another. He's talking here to the disciples, his followers, that you are to love one another. And this is the message which you have heard from the beginning. For this, uh, not as Cain, and he would give uh, an Old Testament, a Genesis example, who was of the devil, of the evil one, and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Cain and Abel. And then, do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. There, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And He would now compare that, that not loving a brother or hating a brother is equal to murder. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. So you may not have killed a person's life or taken a person's life, but you may have destroyed his reputation. You may have gossiped or said things that are false and not true to this person. And therefore, other people would look at this person differently right now. And you have murdered that person. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this. If we have the John 3:16, we have the first John 3:16. And we know love by this that he laid down his life for us. And that kind of love is a sacrificial kind of love. The word laid down means he offered His life. He exchanged, he gave that that exchange of glory of being God to being to suffer and persecuted as man. He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And he gives a, a good application as an example in verse 17. And maybe, due to the lack of time, I'll just expound on this further as an application, that whoever has the world's goods uh, can also be translated, or translated also in other trans- Bible translations as possessions. But it can extend to things that you have that's related to the world. It could be resources, it could be money, it could be skills that you have acquired, talents that you have acquired along the way. It could be time. It could be uh, your youth. So, whoever has the world's goods, possessions, and sees his brother in need, brother in need, and closes his heart against him. That's a strong word when you close your heart to someone you, you shut that, that, that door of emotion, that door of compassion, that door of love. How does the love of God abide in Him? You know, the Lord has blessed us. The Lord has blessed you with many things. Brothers, sisters, what do you have right now that someone, a brother or a sister, needs? This is how you love one another. It's a sacrificial kind of love that you lay down your self-interests. You lay down your self for the sake of a brother or a sister. Maybe you have time in you and a brother, sister needs your time or maybe your presence, or maybe your ears just to listen, or, or maybe a, a, a wise counsel, a wise advice, or, or maybe perhaps a brother or sister needs your prayer. What do you have that you can extend to another? You know, if... Uh, you don't have something to give okay let's say someone asks you and borrows from you money and really you don't have extra money to to give and to share and to and to just extend with someone as we as you read further john will talk about god knowing our hearts knowing our ourselves he knows us so if 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 someone borrows from us and you cannot lend, no, it's okay. So that even if if you have this guilty feeling, these thoughts, this this, this it will bother you later on. Uh, that you cannot give something, it's okay. But be careful because God because God knows our hearts. God knows our status. God knows our, our what we have. So if we don't give, we don't extend something to someone who is in need and we close our heart to that person, let us also be careful. Let us also be warned because God knows. He's a fair judge. He's a neutral judge. And so what do you have that others may need? I hope and I pray that we'll be able to to reflect on this particular verse. I'm sure God has blessed you with many things that you can share with. You know someone said you can give without loving. You can give without love but you can never love without giving. You can give out of fear. You can give out some to someone, something out of shame, out of a favor perhaps. You want a favor, want to, you want to return a favor. Or perhaps you, you, want, you, you are able to give out of burden, out of force. You can give with many reasons except love, but you can never love without giving. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world and that love was connected to giving that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish transformative but will have everlasting life. Sacrificial. It's a strange kind of love because it's not the the kind of love that, that, that you can see, that you can watch, that you can read on. It's an unconditional kind of love that no matter who we are and what we have done and what we have accomplished or what we may not have done, that love is perfect, eternal, complete. And that kind of love is attached to giving. And so, brothers and sisters, how can we love others? With this sacrificial, with this unconditional, with this transformative love that we have received from God, God's love, if it's authentic, it must be able to transform us. It must be able to transform our perspective and how on how we love others as well. Let me just end with the final passages in 1 John chapter 4 that says we love because he first loved us. And if someone says I love God and hates his brother how do you hate a brother? Maybe shutting your door to someone or maybe just outright saying you hate a brother or a sister or maybe in your mind, in your thought you hate this person or maybe you are out open in saying that you hate this person if you say you love God but you hate your brother your sister we are lying he's a liar she's a liar for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. You know, with commandments, this kind of commandment that Jesus gives is a blessing. It's a blessing. It's not a, a commandment that, that, that we can carry as a burden. It's actually a blessing. God knows that we are to be loved, and that we are to love. God knows that we need love, and that we need to love others and express this love to others as well. God knows our our need to be loved, and also our need to love. But what kind of love can we give to one another? Our lesson for today strongly suggests That we are to love one another with God's love. It's a different kind of love. It's a real kind of love. It's not by words only, but it is seen in deeds and in sincerity and in truth. It's a sacrificial kind of love that you are willing to lay down yourself so that you can extend and give something to someone today. It's an unconditional love because it's not attached to getting something out of this. It's not what's in it for me if I do this, if I love. And it's strongly transformative, brothers and sisters. I hope that as you have seen the love of God, that you as as you have heard, that you are as we are studying this this different kind of love, this amazingly, surprisingly incredible different kind of love will be able to extend this and give this to our brother and sister and maybe and perhaps in in a bigger context extend this to our neighbor as well shall we bow down in prayer our heavenly father Indeed, we are unable to understand your love for us. We will not be able to grasp the meaning, the context of loving others unless we have experienced this kind of love from you. The world may teach us to love other people with so many ways but you have taught us Lord this morning on how to love others according to your way thank you Lord for loving us while we are sinners you have given Jesus and Jesus you have died for us you have forgiven us of our sins and so maybe it's forgiveness that we can extend to others as well but there are times Lord that we struggle with this question how can I love someone who has hurt me who has betrayed me and who has taken away the trust and who have intentionally harmed me Or physically hurt me emotionally how can I love that person Lord it is clear this morning that we are to love unconditionally just as you have loved us unconditionally we have hurt you we have rebelled against you we have sinned against you despite of this you loved us and you have given us this greatest gift that we don't deserve you've given us life you have given us eternal life and you have been, lord made us and you will make us like christ and so we have this hope in the future that we what we do today in the context of loving our neighbors, in the context of loving our brothers and sisters, would have a consequence, would have a blessing, would have a bearing in the future. It may even reveal if we're fake or we are authentic Christians. Because authentic Christians love one another as you have loved us. And so Lord, with this command, help us to obey it, to apply it, to intentionally seek on how we can apply and we can love one another because you have first loved us. Help us, Lord. Give us the strength. And thank you because you have given us the seed, the Holy Spirit who abides in us that the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit we can do this and yes apart from you we cannot do anything but through Christ and through the Holy Spirit that is in us and working in and through us it will be seen it will be a fruit of our authenticity and our genuine status and identity as Christians and so Lord help us to reflect your kind of love a love that is different from this world a love that is unconditional a love that is sacrificial a real and authentic kind of love a love that transforms not only us as recipients of that love but it can transform the lives of others as we extend as we give As we open our hearts and give freely, cheerfully, maybe they don't deserve it, we may think. But it's not important because it's an unconditional kind of love. And so Lord, as we go out from this place, dismiss us with your blessing, dismiss us Lord with that hope That we will be like you, perfect, glorified, at peace. Yet Lord, as we go out from this place, allow us also to apply this kind of love. A love like yours. Bless my brothers and sisters. Pray that you will continue to speak to us throughout this week. Continue to minister to us throughout this week, through your word, through your people, through circumstances, and most especially through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.